Hello and welcome to Connected Episode 300. It is made possible this week by our sponsors, Hover, ExpressVPN, Cotton Bureau, and Miro. I'm Stephen Hackett, and I am joined for this very special episode by my very special friend, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am great. 300. This wow, Man, what an honor to be announced first. Mm-hmm. I'm like the other guy. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Such a beautiful number, Don't too. you worry about me. Don't you worry no, about me, my friends. Literally nobody's worrying Nothing's about you. bringing me down today. I'm in a great mood over here. Introduce me, Stephen. Not even your obvious loss in the... Introduce in- me, my friend, Stephen Hackett. Introduce me. Come on. We are also joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello, gentlemen. Mike Hurley. So I have to say it now. Yeah, that was a funny couple of hours, wasn't it? Where it seemed like everybody I knew, the autocorrect for uh, my name was in all caps, which was very strange. Mine's still happening. I tried typing your name in Discord today, and it came out in all caps. That's very weird. Why does that happen? I don't know. It's very strange. I'll put a link in the show notes. So you took a screenshot, didn't you? I think so. Yes, I did. I think you tweeted it. Yeah. Big Big Sir Mike. Yes. (laughs) Big Sir's my father. <laughs> I've been waiting like for three days to make that That's joke. So and good, yeah. I had I almost couldn't wait until you said it, and then I was then and I got it in there. So. That's good. I'm happy about that. Ah, oh, this is going to be a great episode, boys. What? A, just mm. we're just in for a real rip roaring good time today. Should we start with some follow up though mm-hmm. before we get to the good times? Yeah. Apple and a third party email app have come to a conclusion to their fighting hey mike do you want to tell us what happened hey 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 uh ju- i think it was like just before wwdc began um there was a couple of news articles published and hey also put hey. something hey. on their blog about it hi uh effectively in a nutshell apple and Basecamp worked it out to a point mm. um and they approved a well provisionally appro- they approved a bug update um, and, and some performance enhancement update, the one that had been held. And then there, there was a conversation where Apple kind of like provisionally approved pending uh, Basecamp submitting it, um, a version of Hey, which includes hey. a trial mode effectively. So, trial mode. Yeah, the, the, I don't know why you're combining all the things. <laughs> Either do the Hey thing or the ASMR thing. You don't have to do them at the same <laughs> time. He just can't help himself. Uh, and so they're also adding business functionality. This is the thing they were going to do, um, something which actually makes Hay a little bit more uh, attractive to me is being able to have my own domain um, so I don't have to create a new email to get people to, uh, account for, for people to email me to be able to use like a previous domain or whatever that I have and then just set it mm-hmm. up there. I think this isn't the last of this, uh, but Mm-mm. for now, I mean, and there was some stuff that, that I don't know if we're going to get into today where there were some changes to the developer rules, which effectively allow for more challenging of these processes. It's like an official thing, which seems like a good move. Uh, but for now, Apple and Hay have have hey. worked it out They and, and, and uh, we're just going to have to see what happens going forward. Uh, the Basecamp team are still uh, being very loud. Uh, about mm. this, and it probably will be, and uh, Apple will be very quiet until Phil Schiller comes out and says something else again, I guess. We'll see. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it seems like it's 
taken care of for now. Is anybody is anybody surprised that this is the outcome? I feel like we no. we all knew that. You know, these big companies they shout and they scream and they send letters to each other, but then at the end of the day they always work it out, you know. These are big yeah. companies and they, you know, mm -hmm. just have a phone call with the big guys and be like, hey, let's work out a deal. And, you know, there's folks getting all, you know, vocal about it, rightfully so, because, it, you know, we talked about it. It was a, an interesting issue, but I'm honestly not surprised that large companies, they can always come to an agreement, as they say. So do you think this would have been resolved so quickly if WBDC wasn't this week? Uh, probably not, which also, you know, it's a, yeah, right. a, a, <laughs> quite the coincidence, but I and especially the timing of it, you know, I think the, the resolution uh, came out on the morning of WWDC, which was, you know, quite, quite. I still don't understand the timeline of this though. Like why did they, like Apple make all these statements to the press and then work it out with Hey afterwards? Like why not work it out? And then make the statements to the press saying that it's all taken care of. Because you need to, you need the other party to panic. Because I mean, let's face it, not being on the App Store, you might as well not uh, exist. interesting. So they were being I kind mean, that's of what brutish about it to to try and kind of set a fire on the base camp a little bit. Maybe, yeah, that makes sense. All right, moving right along, Mike. Do you want to remind the lovely people about Connected Pro? Yes. Thank you so much to everybody that has become a RelayFM member to support Connected. Uh, we really hope that you have enjoyed the additional content that we've been providing with the Connected Pro feed, which is a benefit that you get if you become a RelayFM member and support this show directly. Uh, you can sign up for our annual plan on our website, but if you go to connectedpro.co, you can get the $5 a month plan. You'll be helping support this show, and you'll also be getting additional content for Connected and episodes with no ads as well. Uh, um, so I think that it's a pretty great deal for this show because we record for quite a long time. We we always kind of mess around in the pre and post show. Uh, if you enjoy the japes that you find here on the Connected program, the pre and post show have more japes and you are missing out on the japes if you're not uh, all of the japes if you're not a Connected Pro subscriber. But if you don't, if you can't, uh, we totally understand. Just by listening to this show, you do continue to support it because we do have ads on the program and that is uh, uh, just you being here and listening will mean that we still make money right like this it's, it's it's not one or the other uh but if you do choose to to to, to support the show with a connected pro membership we uh hope to make it worth your while with the additional content all right do we want to uh take a break before we oh sorry no we were supposed to share our feelings first sorry yeah jeez steven sorry wow god you know, all you can do is think about ovens and stoves and pipes and yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's probably like, I don't know, looking at some hardware store magazine. So some day, some day Kia website lasting over some new furniture. Are there any hardware <laughs> development conferences going on this week that you're secretly attending in the background? The hardware developer conference. <laughs> uh, worldwide Washing Machine Conference. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, WWMC. <laughs> Could also be the Worldwide Microwave Conference. So this is the first WWDC ever that's completely virtual. A big change for a lot of us. And I thought maybe we could talk about our feelings for a little while. How about that? All right. Does anybody have any feelings? I'm very tired already. We're mm -hmm. only halfway through the week. <laughs> yes. Um, it's for, for a couple of reasons. 
One, it is really not very helpful that everything's happening on Pacific time. Um, I will say, I think what Apple has done this week so far has been fantastic. Like, I think mm-hmm. that the keynote was amazing, the videos are amazing, and having all that content go out is great. Like, and I've also liked a lot of the extra parts that they've been doing. I've really loved Serenity Coldwell, and it's lovely to hear Serenity again. She's been doing these wrap up videos on Apple's YouTube channel. All of that is amazing. I want to say this is the worldwide development conference. Pacific time is terrible for what? most of the world. Yeah. I mean, so, there's, a, there's a world outside of America, is that what you're saying? Really? That's what I've understood. That, that's not uh, what we're taught here. That can't be true. So if they do this again, I would love it if they at least went for Eastern time. Uh, or the even just like 8 a.m. Like just think, oh, we're going to do it all at 8 a.m. Pacific. We'll put the videos up. like Because... You know, like for me and Federico, you're looking at like 5 to 6 p.m. in the evening before the videos come out. And then the day starts kicking off again. Uh, so, I, you know, I would really love it if, if uh, again, I totally understand, like you had to do this for the first time, work out what works and adapt from it. But I would really love it if they do this again in the future to have some of the content uh, even just staggered out throughout the day. Um, would be would be really great. Considering the videos are pre-recorded, uh, I think it would just be super helpful if they were released at different times. So, but anyway, I'm super super sleepy because I've been working really late um, and also way more than I would during a typical WWDC. Like I've been consuming more, I've been reading more, I've been testing more um, than I would normally, and I think it's because like. Because the information is so readily available and I don't have other engagements, I'm just just working harder on finding out more information than I would normally. And so whilst I'm very happy to have access to all that information, it is making me realize that uh, I've got a lot I've got a lot going on. Plus, typically during WWC week, I don't record all of my shows. I pre-record a bunch. I didn't do that. I should have done that. Like shows that didn't need to be recorded this week, I should have pre-recorded them, but I didn't. So I'm really loving the week so far. There's a lot of amazing stuff happening, but I'm really tired too. Yeah, I feel the same, very tired, especially because I'm basically working um, 5 p.m. to 1 to 1 a.m. every day. And, you know, it's a, very, it's a very unfortunate schedule because it means I'm basically not available for dinner or, you know, all kinds of other evening activities. It's very strange. And also I'm finding it... So on the one hand, I think Apple is doing a very good job, has done a very good job with the videos and the sessions and the uh, the recap videos. They've done the, you know, they've done the, the, the best that they could have done in this situation, I think. And I feel like, like you mentioned, I know a lot more and a lot sooner than usual because I've, I've already because I'm not traveling. So I've put the beta on my phone and the iPad. I'm gonna put the beta on my watch soon as well. And I've been playing around with it. My notes are already kind of sort of organized by chapter f- for the review. Still getting there, but you know making really good progress. Usually this is all stuff that I would do like the week after WWDC after recovering for a couple of days because of all the travel. So. On the one hand, I know a lot more and I feel more organized. Yes, I'm tired, but that's part of the job. What I do miss, though, and which is why I'm going to say that I really miss the the real thing, the in-person conference. Because while I know a lot more 
I have a lot more facts, right? I, I know about the features and the details, but I do miss the conversations, like the in-person conversations with, with developers and friends, like talking about the, not just the features and the details, which is what people at home usually discover, but talking about like the big picture ideas and getting a sense of like, what are developers going to work on? What, what's the general consensus in the room, right? I miss that aspect and yeah. just... And of course, you know, talking to Apple engineers, all that kind of stuff that you can only do in person, that I really miss. So uh, I'm enjoying the format this year, but I, but I hope that it's only for this year. Yeah, I'm in line with all that stuff. I am being reminded every day of how little I know during the week of WBDC, because usually I'll favorite a bunch of sessions and watch them on the flight home and then the week after. And I spent like four hours yesterday watching sessions and taking notes, and I you know plan to do the same later today. And so it is kind of fun to be learning this at the same time so many other people are. But I agree with you all. I, I do miss uh, it being in person. I really want to hear from developers after this is over how they feel like the labs went, where you're making an appointment and you're doing a you know, some sort of video call. There was a push notification this morning from the developer app saying that some of those spots were still open, which mm. I found really hard to believe. I figured they would have gone up really quickly. I don't know if that was accurate, you know, because I saw some people like complaining about that. Like it, it may have been... Well, maybe they were just for sessions no one cares about. Like... That's what I was about <laughs> to say. I, I, I think the, 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 the hot topics filled up very quickly and that some of the stuff that was left, if there was indeed stuff that was left may not have been uh your the the requested or desired sessions or one-to-ones i remember hot topic you go in there and get like a black t-shirt remember that store it's only in america i don't i don't really have any frame of reference there's other places we're taught that's not true so yeah i mean i think the keynote video like all that was spectacular um There'll be an episode out this week of Tyler Stallman's podcast, and he and I he and I recorded it last night. And basically, we talked about their production for an hour, <laughs> like how great it was. Mm. And that was, I think, a home run. And I think having the sessions available to everybody at the same time is a home run. The labs are really what hold this up, I think, from it being a potential virtual-only deal mm. in the future. Like, mm. I think Apple likes having a mass of people in one place, but I think if they felt, well, the labs went really well— and this is really expensive. Like, there's a timeline where WBC in person doesn't happen again, and that that would make me sad. But you got to think Apple's considering it. I also have a technical problem that I would like to to mention on the show. So, as was the plan, uh, after a long series um, here on Connected, talking about which kind of apps I was going to use for my for the research material for the iOS 14 review. As I mentioned, I decided to stick with DevonThink. So I've spent the past few days, which is another instance of making progress sooner than usual. Uh, I've been saving all kinds of PDF documents in DevonThink, both from the human interface guidelines and the developer documentation and um, press material, the marketing web pages, all kinds of uh, uh, resources from apple.com. However, I really hate the process that I have, for the workflow that I have for saving these PDF documents. Um, unfortunately, because I have the beta uh, of iOS and iPadOS 14 on my devices, 
I have discovered that while most of my shortcuts are like, actually all of my shortcuts are working, right? There's no, um, like, um, they haven't changed the format of shortcuts like it happened. I think it was last year, a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago. So that's fine. Uh, no, No compatibility issues. However, there are some share sheet bugs and some issues that prevent my DevonThink shortcuts from working sometimes. So sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So I need to save these web pages as PDF, okay? And ideally, I would like them to be saved with uh, clickable links in them. So if in the body of a web page there's a, uh, a, a hyperlink, I would like that hyperlink to be maintained, to be preserved in the PDF document. Now, let me explain to you all the different scenarios that and all the different problems that I've run into. First, if you, you want to use shortcuts to convert a web page to PDF, the uh, the clickable links are not preserved. Uh, if you use the print menu in Safari to print a web page and then if you pinch on the print preview, you got a PDF, they also do not preserve the clickable links. If is this a problem in 14 or is it always It's been always a been a problem. It's always been oh, a problem. Okay. Uh, if you, and this was a recent discovery of mine, if you want to use the screenshot tool to capture a full web page as a PDF, which is something that Apple launched last year with iOS 13, you can take a screenshot in a Safari web page and then in the markup screen, you can switch from screenshot to full page. And if you share that page, it's a PDF, which is great, right? It's, mm, it captures I wish it actually did an actual full page screenshot rather than create a PDF for a lot of instances, but mm. that's just me. Because like, if you take a screenshot of a web page, and you want the full web page, PDF is not going to keep the same formatting in a lot of instances. But that's just like a thing. I just wished it like would take a screenshot right. of an entire web page as opposed to turning it into a PDF personally. But that wouldn't help you with what you're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. And anyway, if I've discovered that if you use this method to make to turn a web page into a PDF, it works beautifully with one big exception. The system doesn't tell you. But if it's a long web page, at some point it gets truncated. It gets cut off at the end, in the middle of the page. And just, I don't know why, it's a system limitation. It hasn't been fixed in 14 either. So that was that method I couldn't use. There's a DevonThink extension in the share sheet. However, it does not support converting a web page to PDF. It can only accept links or plain text or like web archives, but no PDF. So because Shortcuts was exhibiting some issues um, and because it couldn't create clickable links, I have been using this utility, this application called InstaWeb, which on the surface, it looks like one of those many, many PDF utilities, like kind of sort of like shady PDF utilities that you find on the App Store. Like there are so many of those PDF apps that do like weird things in the background, like they sign you up for mailing lists or they have advertisements. And this InstaWeb kind of looks like one of those, but it's not. It's really good. And it's the only app that I've found that lets you convert a web page as a to PDF while keeping the clickable links. The clickable links is a $2 in a purchase and it works perfectly. It's the only one that I've found. However, there's a problem here also, and which is why I really dislike the workflow that I have right what now. What did you say it was called? Instaweb. Instaweb. Yes, all one word. I'm struggling to find it. Is it called PDF something? Instaweb. Web to PDF 
converter and reader? Is that it? Their website throws a security error. See, that's what that's <laughs> what I mean. It, the is na- the company called Digiset? Yeah, that's that's the company. Cool, I got it. I got the App Store link. I'll put it in the show notes. That's the company. It's called InstaWeb, but on the App Store, it's not called InstaWeb. Uh, <laughs> see, that's what I mean, right? It's called Web to PDF Converter. It's like one of those weird things. And it gives off the wrong vibe, but it's it's legit and it works. So I've been using this, but there's a problem. This application does not support shortcuts at all. And the way that it works is you have an action extension in the share sheet. So in Safari, you open the share sheet and you uh, and you select the extension called in Open in InstaWeb. So there's so many steps involved. So what happens is you jump from Safari to InstaWeb. InstaWeb opens the web page with an inline web browser. You, then you tap a PDF button in InstaWeb and it says, okay, I'm going to convert this to PDF. You can rename the document and you can enable the clickable links option. Then you do that and it processes the page, converts the page to PDF, and then the PDF, it ends up in a files section inside InstaWeb. So you need to switch tabs and go to files. And then I'm like, okay, now I go to files. And then you know what you need to do. You need to open the PDF (laughs) inside InstaWeb, open the share sheet, and then from there manually export it to DevonThink. It's like 10 steps to do something that should be one step. It should be a single steps, a single step. So, yeah, I'm very slow in archiving all these PDF documents. And yes, I know. Oh, what if you used your Mac? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about your opinion about the computer that I want to use. I want to use my iPad. So, uh, this should be easier. If anybody out there is listening, if you, somebody, anybody who works on PDF utilities, just listen to this, and I'll like. How many steps is that? Like eight different steps, nine different steps? It should be one. It should be a single step. Like in Safari, I have an extension that creates a PDF and let me share it right away and click and keep the clickable links. I don't I don't I don't understand why this is so difficult, but it is. So that's my problem. Maybe somebody will build a Safari extension to do this. That said though, I have a very nice collection of PDFs in DevonThink and I feel like I feel like Steven. You know, I'm all Oh, so like here's the important part. Yes, it's a pain to do what you've been doing, but do you have what you were looking for? Yes, yes, yes. Fine. Yes, because then um what what I'm gonna do now is uh because DevonThink is a file provider extension, I can use highlights which is this separate utility to annotate those PDFs. Very nice. DevonThink has has an annotation tool, but it's not great. Highlights uses the document browser. So what you can do, you can just point it to the DevonThink location and you can annotate those PDF documents uh, in line with uh, with the opening opening place support. So very, very nice. The, The Discord is popping off about using PDF Expert for this instead. PDF Expert? Yeah. But that's like a whole thing. Like, I don't need to manage my PDF documents. That's what they're telling you to try and check out. It's like a whole PDF manager. But yeah, I'm, I guess if they... <laughs> the sponsor of your website this week. <laughs> they are, right? Okay, I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading through the Discord. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try PDF Expert. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if I go from like nine steps to four, that's gonna that's gonna be a success. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna download yeah, that. Try okay. that one. Yes, I will. A million apps, but there's an app for that. Sure, or an app clip, app clip. 
That's gonna be a new thing. Okay, this episode of Connected is brought to you by Hover, one of our show's longest running sponsors. When you have a big idea, where do you go? Where do you start? For a ton of people, Hover is that first big leap because a business or a project starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for you. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have because they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has free who is privacy, so the bad guys don't get your info, clean UX and UI, monthly sales on popular top-level domains, and much more. It's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. I have all of my domains at Hover, but occasionally, you know, I'm working with somebody and I have to use one of those those other places. And boy, they all feel so scammy. Hover is laid out really nicely. It's not confusing. You're not getting things added to your cart as you go along. It's really fantastic. Again, their UX and UI is really simple, clean, and easy to navigate. Uh, one of the top-level domains that stands out to me is .art, A-R-T. So if you're an artist and want to create a website to showcase your work, this could be a really cool top-level domain. You can get custom domain names for individual pieces, act as a catalog, uh, to your work. I think it's a really cool idea. So buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash connected and get 10% off all new purchases. The URL one more time is hover.com slash connected. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for the support of the show and Relay FM. It's Ricky time. Stephen, can you give us a reminder of the rules of the Ricky's please for summer yes. 2020? The order that we picked in was set by the previous uh, event winner. That was me. I won in the fall, so I got to go first. So I am the current keynote chairman, current keynote winner. Uh, Federico is the current annual chairman because he won last year's pick. So that, that he's safe in that title for another six months. So to earn any points here, everything written down in the document must have come true. We do not award half points. One point is awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first two rounds, and picks cannot be reused. Two points will be awarded for correct picks in the risky pick round. If your risky pick is wrong, you lose a point. So there's a, a lot of a lot at stake there. Uh, risky picks had to be judged as risky by the two of us. So we did all that last week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lastly, we have the non-graded flexi picks. Uh, the loser of that must buy drinks for the other two hosts whenever the pandemic is over. It's an addendum to the official rules. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Paragraph 2B, yeah. when, the, when the pandemic is over. All right, so round one. Stephen, can you remind us of your pick for round one, please? Yes, I opened the pick this year with a CPU transition is announced for the Mac. CPU transition was probably the right wording. Yeah, we argued about it last time. <laughs> yeah. And for that exact reason that ended up working out for you, you know, because Apple never said arm, right? Like, yeah. So it was kind of important, uh, in, potentially, maybe if we wanted to get very particular about it, maybe if there was a three-way tie, someone would have tried to make the argument that nobody said arm, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So, But a CPU transition has indeed been announced for the Mac, so you get a point. Yes, go me. 
my pick was the iPad home screen gets new features. Why is this green? Why is this oh green? Oh boy, did I just scrape in on this one. I'm not sure you did. Um, All right, so let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Are the widgets new? They have a new look, but they're still stuck on the left-hand side. No. Okay, well, I'll give you some... What about the fact that you now have the ability to stack widgets on top of each other and swipe through them? Yeah, well... It's still... That's a new feature, my friend. That is a new feature. Is it on the home screen? Yes. See, this is what I meant when Mike Hurley likes to win easy. This is how he's going to win. Doesn't matter. You can win however you want. I'm winning within the rules. I got that point. That's boring. boring I will say, look, if, if is that point what we thought it was going to be no do i still get it yes yeah but i mean look look at look at the passion of my picks look at look at how they were written yeah. Yeah. risk look at federico, all the federico let's let's go through your passionate yeah. picks shall yeah. we and see how go you through did. my picks go through them and yes i'm well, gonna no, just before we move I'm on i get that point right we're agreeing i got that point yes Whatever. begrudgingly thank you i'm gonna thank lose you. but i'm gonna lose with honor and i'm gonna lose and with i'm gonna passion. win with honor no, you're gonna win. You're gonna win because of like. You uh, can't tell me if I have honor or not. I have you're gonna honor. win thanks to bureaucracy and and, no. and yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. This is a bureaucratic no. win for you. Yeah, I hey, feel. we should say real quick because there's a lot of questions in the Discord. In the current beta, what Apple is saying is widgets can be put on the home screen, and the app library stuff is just on the iPhone. Yeah, you you can't move widgets around on the home screen on the iPad. There's no app library on the iPad. Both of which I think all three of us agree is a mistake. We want to see those things on the iPad. This might be one of those things where like they change their mind because people keep talking about it. Um, but yeah, nevertheless. Anyway, my pick was new iMessage features, including the ability to retract sent messages. So you see, you see yeah, that is the end. You you just picked the wrong thing. Right, like. but look. I mean, look, look at it, and 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 I challenge you to look at this pick and be like, man, this uh-huh. is a man who likes to risk, a man who has ideas, all right, and all who right, wants right, to risk right. with those ideas. I tell you what, let's just pause this for a moment, and then in round two we can compare the picks that me and you had, because it's in the flip. Uh huh. Well, right, because b- your second pick, you are not specific. My second pick, I am specific. That's, so what do you second, want from me? The second pick is the result of peer pressure. You both were pressuring me into into. Oh come on! You are the sorest loser and sorest winner I have ever met. I I. <laughs> I am not a sore loser. I am I am a honorable loser. There's a difference. No, you are the sorest loser. No, I am not. I am not. Okay. I just believe that <laughs> no, I am regardless, not regardless of the scoring, my picks were conceptually superior, if oh, you look geez. at them. Anyway. All right. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. I play the game with passion, and you play the game to win, and those are two you. different things. I hate you. Okay. So at the end of round one, Mike and I are tied with one. Federico has zero. Round two. Apple shares a video touting the benefits. I said time of flight sensor. We got corrected afterwards. It's the LiDAR sensor, but it's what... We all knew what you meant. Yeah. Found in the 2020 iPad Pros for AR. So I will say that this has been mentioned in some of the sessions, but just basically as an aside, and this basically covers the keynote. So I think it's kind of like Mike's... No, like it doesn't cover the keynote. covers all of it? We, we, this is the rule. It's the up until now, but have they shared a video? That's the thing. It has been in other mm. 
sessions. To what level, though? Let me see what sessions are coming out today, and I can just stall for six minutes, and then no, it'll be I true. don't think a session counts. That's not. That That's a video. Counts. This is wait. This is a point. Is it? What video did they share? I'm asking the question. Yeah. Have they shared a video? A session is a vi- a session is a video. Has a session happened to this point about AR kit with? Uh, yeah, I'm looking through the list again because I watched a bunch of stuff. I have maybe the I Discord have, can help us find uh, it. What's I have what's seen new this in reality kit. Was it the State of the Union? No, no. I... Yeah, discover features, seen understanding using the lidar scanner on iPad Pro. Yep. So I think I got that. This is a point. Thanks to me. All right, changing that to green. Good luck. To you in the coin flip oh can i be can i be the coin flipper no siri does it well but i can can i be the you can't be tr- i can't trust i'm not trusting you i'm gonna do yeah. it live i'm oh not trusting God. you wow. you can do siri but i'm not trusting you to just flip a coin all right wow so i have a point in round two mike what was your round two pick uh ios gets the ability to change default apps from those that apple make including email skin of your teeth boy because it's just email and browsers. Well, <laughs> I got it though. I'm pretty proud of that one. Like that was that was some risk element to that, especially considering how little they actually did do. And yeah. uh, I was right. You see that Federico? <laughs> I made a specific pick. Mm-hmm. See that? Very nice. Look at the simplicity and the purity of my next pick. WatchOS gets new sleep you. tracking features. Look We're at how simple anymore. and streamlined it is. And I got we this got right. We got to 300 episodes of the show, and that's it. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> right? I don't. I don't want to be on the same call Look as you. <laughs> I don't want to be in the same room as you. I don't want any of it. We're done. Look at the clarity of this. It is this pick is true to its form. Somebody could have once said in an Apple video, uh, "Watch your as as new sleep tracking features." And that's it. That's the pick, and I, and I got it right. And this is how you do a pick. See. So at the end of round <laughs> Mike two, Mike is literally not speaking to me anymore. <laughs> at the end of round two, I have two points. Federico has one point. Mike and I have. Mike also has two points. <laughs> so Mike and I are tied. <laughs> that was a great point round up there. Uh-huh. I have two points. I also have two points. <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> Struggling today. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I think it's fair to say that we all want to browse the internet without the rest of the world knowing what we're doing, especially like our ISPs. We can see what we're doing, even if we're using incognito mode. All that activity can be tracked and traced. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your internet service provider can't see the sites you're visiting. It's available on all of your devices, phones, Macs, computers, you know, PCs, what is a computer? Whatever it is, ExpressVPN is there. I've been using ExpressVPN for a long time now, and I really like how fast it is. A lot of VPNs feel like they're slowing down your traffic. ExpressVPN works really hard to make sure they are nice and speedy. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by both CNET and Wired. Go to expressvpn.com connected, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash connected to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Oh, man. Y'all ready? Hmm. 
You ready? Mm -hmm. No, no, is mm -hmm. Michael speaking to me now? Can you ask him, Stephen? If he is it Mike, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, yeah. Okay. My risky pick. Something in the default dock of Catalina becomes a catalyst app, and I got to both messages and maps. Boom. Nice. I'm surprised you nice. got two. I'm rooting for you, Steven. Thank you. I'm surprised I got two as well. Messages felt like maybe, but maps I didn't expect. But, you know, I guess they want to... I mean, they said in the keynote they want to have all the features the same uh, across the, the... I mean, they're really making maps into like a big surface, and a lot of those features weren't there on the Mac. I didn't even realize that because I don't know the last time I opened the Maps app on my Mac uh, on purpose. It's not something I use very often, but... If you do, it's new and shiny in Big Sur. I'm really intrigued to see what messages will be like. I think it was the right move to go Catalyst. Yeah. Um, just so they could actually get it up to date, especially because they added so much stuff to messages. And messages on uh, iPadOS and iOS is really great. So like, I assume it's a very similar experience in Big Sur. It is. It's nice. They do have a little like app section, but all that's in there is the Memoji and the image search. That's funny. They didn't say anything, or, they, or if they had, I missed it. They haven't said anything about bringing messages apps to the Mac, but maybe that'll come later where you can have, yeah, you know, Giphy or that's really the only one anyone I uses. I wonder if it would go into messages on the ARM version if you installed the iOS app. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, right? I think that will just come later. I think we'll, well, I think we'll know more soon. Uh, my pick was that Memoji would get updated to include face coverings, and that thing, in fact, did happen. I have changed my Memoji to have a face covering now. There were lots of updates, actually. Like uh, They added some more age updates and more accessories, more hair types and stuff like that. So Memoji got quite... Uh, not like, uh, There wasn't any... Um, Additional animals that I noticed, which I'm surprised about, uh, but the memojis rather than the animojis did get quite a lot of improvements. So uh, my risky pick was a success. So my risky pick was the iPad gets a new development tool to write code on device that is not Swift Playgrounds, and it was not correct. So I'm actually kind of bummed about this. Like honestly, like besides the you know the the points and whatnot, I like I was really hoping to see. Uh, uh, some announcements on the development tool front for iPad, um, but yeah, I mean, as a, as a pick, it is wrong. It is risky, but it is wrong. So mm -hmm. I still feel like it's a pick of passion, but it was incorrect for this game. Unfortunately, it's not fit for this challenge. So with by getting this Ricky wrong, I lose the one point and I go all the way down to zero, which is a which is also a beautiful number, if you ask me. Um, better to lose with zero than to lose with one, or to lose with a flip coin, with a you know, with a coin flip. So mm -hmm. zero, yeah, zero points. So final scoring: Stephen four, Mike four, Federico zero. And I will say, in the 2019 annual predictions, I came in last after a coin toss. So. I'm not super pumped about okay. a coin toss, but this I is believe, where we are. I believe Steven is going to win. Didn't I also win at WWDC because of a, to a coin toss? I think so. Was that last year or was it uh, the year before? I, I know don't I have won. that in my notes, but I think it was last year. 
I know I won on stage at some point from a coin toss because of Jason's poor coin flipping. So how should we flip a coin now? How should we do this? Mike doesn't trust me invoking Siri, even though you guys can hear Siri talk. So uh, I'm going to call Jason in. Okay. <laughs> okay. Congratulations on episode 300. Thank you. Hello, Jason. I'm enjoying the show. Thank you. That's <laughs> very kind of you. I can't believe. I, I, can you alter the rules to be more complex so that it's even harder to determine who the winner is? We will <laughs> add a passion threshold for picks in the future, oh, I think. Will no. you just. I swear, Federico, if you don't stop. I, will, I am officially proposing that of the three picks, at least one needs to have passion. That is my identity. What does my that mean? Passion. How can you quantify passion? We'll talk about it. I'm sure we can come up with a solution. But this is just a propo- in a proposal state right now, like emoji. It's I need to file an official proposal. I'll rule on it in six months. All right, Jason. Mike and I are tied. Will you pick a winner for us? I have the Relay FM Challenge coin here. No, please don't p- flip a coin, Jason. Jason, you can't flip a coin. No. Jason, you can't flip coins. You're going to hurt yourself. It's like, okay. I, it's, it's, I've learned. I took some uh, lessons, some online lessons about how to flip a coin. Um, so uh, who wants the big R and who wants the uh, little R? Uh, I'll take the, the big R because... Oh, no, the, I'll take the little R because the big R is the iPod control, which was Stephen's child. Little R. Yes! No, I can't believe no! it. No! The game is rigged. Come on! The game is rigged for sure. Look at this. I came into this believing I'd won. I let's I gave Stephen his point. Right? Now everyone heard that. Stephen was like, I didn't get that. And I was like, no, wait a second. Maybe you did get that. And we went back and we found it. And I gave Stephen his point, which put him into tie with me, and then I won the coin toss. Do you know what, Federico? I'm the winner now. Yeah, you are. Congrats. And then I'm going to win the next one. Sure. And then I'm going to take your annual title. Sure. And I'm going to take it all. This is Year of Mike, baby. Sure, sure. It's happening to get you. The, get the and you can come up with your passion threshold. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'll yeah. win that too. Yeah. Because I'm the winner yeah. now. You keep wow. the titles, but people will remember me and my passion. You keep your trophies. <laughs> Maybe they will. Maybe they'll also remember zero points. Maybe yeah. they'll remember that, huh? Jason's still here. Jason, uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. I'm happy to flip coins now that I know how to do it. It's good. Go up with some ice on that thumb, okay? <laughs> do you think he hurt himself or? I think he did. I, I hurt like a thump at some <laughs> point. I think it was his finger. <laughs> that was why it was spinning for so long because Jason like knocked himself unconscious for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like hit him in the head on the way down. I honestly down. think his finger fell off. So. <laughs> so I recommend everybody goes and follows at Keynote Chairman on Twitter. Because that account is now mine. I'm going to go and make all the changes uh, before the end of the episode. Wow, wow. are you just going to put photos of you all over the account? I'm going to change all of the information that Steven sent. Because I know you didn't use yours, but it's got his avatar and it says currently held. I'm waiting for the appropriate time. 
Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll turn that over. Do I get one last tweet real quick, or we do it at the? I no. think we do it after the show goes up. We can't do it now; it ruins the show. I'm logging in. Give me the two factor code. Read it to me. <laughs> I'm logging in right now. I'm not going to tweet, but I am going to change all the stuff. So when people go there, at this wow. point in the show, he absolutely cannot wait to get his hands okay. all over the things that he's supposed to get today. Okay. Yes. Wow. This is so true. I really right. want it. I've had to wait. Right? Like I've won. And one and one, time and time again. I ain't getting no Twitter account. Now I've finally got a Twitter account. Okay, let me log in so you can take it. This is so Why sad. Why do you need to log in? Because that's what the email sent me. That I have to log in oh, to confirm. I just needed a, a two-factor code. All right, but you do that. I don't think I got one. How does Twitter work? So if you, if you, change, your, if you change your profile picture now, you're going to spoil for all the listeners who are not listening live. We still have our non-graded flexies. I think we should go through these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had three. Mine was Apple says literally anything about the HomePod, which they have. So I got that one. Uh, I also got correct that no Apple services bundle has been announced. Haven't done that. Uh, the only one in red for me is the new iMac is announced with Intel CPUs. And that that didn't happen. Uh, my flexies were that the ARM transition box would be a Mac mini, which it is. Uh, I thought the developer tools, uh, developers will get tools for more control over refresh rate or frame rate in apps. I've not seen that yet, um, so I don't know anything about that. Um, improved external display support for iPad OS did not happen, and neither did a new Apple display because there was no hardware of any kind announced. Okay, so you got one, one flexi. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got one flexi. Okay. My flexes were the keynote is held outside on the stage Apple uses for concerts at Apple Park. This was wrong because the entire thing was pre-recorded. Um, I also said that one major video game developer was going to bring an exclusive title to Apple Arcade. We didn't get any game demos or game announcements during the keynote. Uh, I said WatchOS 7 was going to feature mental health features. And I'm really surprised that we didn't get anything on this front. Maybe I still think it will. I think it will get those, but it will require new hardware because mm-hmm. maybe they're going to tie mental health to like stress detection and then maybe that will require new sensors in a new watch so i do think it'll happen but not with the current uh, apple watch lineup shortcuts gets folders and i got this right and here's the backstories uh, the guys can actually confirm i was going back and forth for my wiki between the ipad development tool and shortcuts getting folders and I told them, I told them in the chat, in our group chat, I've been burned by shortcuts before. I feel like I don't want to pick folders as my Ricky. And look at what, look where I ended up because of that. I got the flexi right because shortcuts did get folders, uh, which was very surprising to me, but I'm happy. I also said shortcuts gets n- new fi- a new files integration and the ability to run bookmarks in third-party actions. Uh, neither of these are correct. Uh, there's no new files integration, which is very surprising. And this second part, I was sort of expecting bookmarks are still limited to running inside the app that creates them. Uh, they cannot run in inside shortcuts and inside actions. I, uh, I also said there's a new notes framework for developers. Nope, th- this didn't happen. We did get some new notes features, but there's no API for developers to, like there is, say, for reminders, uh, there's no notes framework this year. And finally, I said... Uh, 
that iOS was going to get the ability to lock the iPhone to portrait, but continue watching the video in landscape. I still think this is a feature that people will love and that third-party developers have shown how to implement well, but it's not there. So I only got uh, one flexi right. So the flexis are tied. I've got two and you each have one. It doesn't matter. There's no drinks. It does, because the loser buys a drink. Well, well then, I guess, wait, so who... So we both buy a drink for you. Or okay, then. because my ratio of of wrong to right is higher than Michael's because I have more flexi, therefore I am the loser and I'm supposed to buy drinks. I can go with that. Because Mike has only, f- Mike has only four flexis and I have one, two, three, four, five, seven. So okay. Mike got one out of four. I got one, of, uh, one out of seven. It's a lower ratio and therefore I'm, I'm the loser. I'm going to add something to the rules. Loser of the non-graded flexi picks must buy a drink for the other two hosts. In the case of a tie, mm-hmm. the <laughs> need yes. ratio of correct... And Jason says that I'm right. So thank you, Jason. ...to incorrect flexies will be taken into account. Yes. <laughs> More rules, finally. Wait, so I'm confused. <laughs> Who lost the flexies? Federico did. I did, I did. His ratio was worse. Because you picked fewer things, you had fewer things, right? But like then, if I didn't want to lose the flexies, I could just pick like two things. Yeah, yeah, but then it, but then you sacrifice opportunity for greatness. Exactly. Oh, oh thank you, because Steven. Federico also had the opportunity to win easier in yeah, theory exactly. because he picked seven things. Exactly. Okay. So you gotta you gotta okay. keep keep that into consideration. And also, I feel like the, ratio. the drink thing may be slightly outdated. We need to come up with something that... I, I don't want to say that it adds risk, but I feel like... I actually like the idea of putting something into the flexies, which makes the flexies important in their uh-huh. own financial loss way. Yes. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, buying drinks, no, but what if we go to the local Apple store and buy something there? Like... You know, you're going to lose, like... I think that there is, that like, the idea of, of making it like a, quite a serious... <laughs> exactly. Like, there's still the flexes. Like, obviously, they don't involve the, well, the honor. They and... will now flex your bank balance. That's what yeah. they flex. I mean, wow. y- you got to buy, like, an accessory at the Apple Store or something like that for the winner. Well, mm. Federico, I would like a set of Mac Pro wheels. Let's get well, it started right. So, um, there has to be, like a like, a... Mm, what if (laughs) 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 what if what if we calculate like $50 per Mm -hmm. each wrong flexi therefore you need to like in this case I got six wrong it will be $300 (laughs) okay maybe it's better for us to I'll take your money I saw this in the chat to donate that money to charity hmm Instead yes. of buy, if yes. it's going to be cash related, if it's going to yeah. be cash, it needs to be a donation. Or, or, or. <laughs> we can make this very bad. <laughs> Equal amounts. One goes to the co-host. One goes, goes to, to charity. charity. Okay. So that would be a total of six hundred dollars. Very Three hundred. That's Steven. I think, I think fifty dollars <laughs> is too high. That's going to get expensive. What, let's do. Let's do twenty twenty-five. 25. Okay. 25. Okay. 25. So you owe Stephen not cash, but $150 of something. Yeah. And like, and this could be an additional part of this. <laughs> and 150 I need to donate to a charity of my choice. I think it's a charity of my choice. I'm the winner. 
Of your choice. That's a good yes. point. Of Charity choice. of the Women's yeah. Choice. Yes. But what I might say here is that Stephen doesn't pick the thing he gets, which costs $150. Exactly. Stephen picks the charity. I pick the I pick the you gift. You pick the gift. <laughs> yes, the quote yes, unquote yes. gift. Yes. <laughs> Alibaba.com dropship. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> there we go. Wow. Okay, so we got to c- codify this in the rules. So I currently okay. have loser of the non-graded flexi picks must buy drinks for two other hosts. So we're going to, we're going to, Cut that out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Removed. Must compensate. Yes. The winner. <laughs> uh, so how? So what is it? So it's twenty five dollars mm-hmm. per wrong per, pick, wrong, per wrong pick made flexi. by the loser. Per wrong yes. flexi. Wrong flexi. Per wrong flexi mm-hmm. made by the loser. That mm-hmm. amount is split. No, it's doubled. No, it's is matched. Amount... It's matched with the donation. Mm. Okay, so um, the loser must purchase a surprise mm-hmm. for the winner, mm-hmm. <laughs> matching that cost. The cost then must be matched by the loser in the form of a donation. Donation. Yes. To the winner's choice. To a charity of the winner's choice. Perfect. Love it. And then in the case of a tie, the ratio of correct to incorrect flexies will be taken into account. Yes. Wow. This is very good work. I love it. I love it. Me too. (laughs) So refined. Okay. Wow. But this, of course, goes into effect next year because I picked these flexies not knowing that. Yes. Yeah. The ne- be- well, the next time, the next time we uh, have a and the next a time situation, yes. I think we should set a minimum amount of flexies. <laughs> Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a good balance there. Minimum. There's a good balance there minimum because then four. if you get like three wrong, it's like 150 or it could, no, it's like 75. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or if you get two wrong, the fifty dollars. Yeah. Or should we just do five? Because I think odd numbers are typically better for chance mm. of scoring stuff. You're right. Five, five. Let's do five. Three is too. It's not not enough. Five feels right. Seven is too mm-hmm. many. Each host must make five flexi picks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next time we do this for a fall event or something, that will be the new rules. I have that in the document. Perfect. We do love a rule. <laughs> <laughs> so just to wrap this all up again i won right you that's, won the rickies that's the wrap up you, you won, won the, the rickies thank you and i and won the flexies you. and steven won the flexies and in 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 a next year steven would be uh awarded a gift of my choice and he would you know well starting september starting right? september yeah. starting september, the next keynote the next mm-hmm. keynote so yeah okay and yeah, I mean, uh, there's. I saw people in the Discord saying that the flexes are now more important than the rikis. No, because the rikis entail glory, and you cannot glory. put a price on glory. You so, cannot. So, mm-hmm. um, glory is in its own category, but then the flexes have the monetary aspect to them, mm-hmm. which is also uh, it's important, but it's different. So. This is becoming like a mind game. <laughs> this prediction. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Soon we will create some kind of score for if you remember all of the rules. <laughs> oh my! If you, if you remember how the game is played, you get an extra point. Well, you can just look in the document 
I mean, it's right mm-hmm. there. Jason mm-hmm. is in the Discord causing trouble, trying to... He, he doesn't like our scoring. We will never change to what Jason wants. Jason hates the fact that the Rickies eliminate can eliminate all of the previous round. Yeah, no, that's why that's it's the risky. point of being risky. Mm-hmm. But it's isn't it? It's incorrect though, right? Because the Ricky point only removes one point. So like, yeah, yes. If I got both of my questions right, Stephen and Stephen got one, Federico got none. We all got our Rickies wrong. I would win because mm-hmm. I have one extra point. Mm-hmm. The Rickies only remove one point. Yep. So if there there can be an imbalance leading up to the Rickies and it takes us down to one point just left for me, then if Steven and Federico have got nothing correct, they have zero. Oh, Jason has withdrawn his objection hearing the, the, the correct only, the, the If you are incorrect in the Rickies, it removes one point, not all points. Yeah, it removes one. So that's the, yeah. that's the, the, the what makes it tricky to balance. Because yeah. you you can get, I think it's... It's like somehow our rules are hard to follow or something. I don't really know what <laughs> no, the issue not, is here. They're not hard to follow. They're very detailed. Yeah. It's like when you, buy the instru- when you buy a new TV or like a, a very serious piece of equipment and you have the instruction manual. It's not written to be generic. It's written to be pre- precise because it's a complex mm-hmm. machine. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would like to propose for our next live show that we create a printout. Of the rules like, and put yes. them on the chairs. Like, the like, the, can it be like the Bill of Rights or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what they are, but it can All be right. like that. Relay. I'm putting it. In, it's the only item in my relay travel project. Create yeah. fancy printout. Like a little. That looks either out. like the Bill of Rights or the Magna Carta, something like mm-hmm. that. That looks old timey. Be- yes. For our next live show. The Bill of Rickies. <laughs> Tom Dog in the Discord <laughs> came up with the Bill of Rickies. <laughs> oh, dear. We haven't even started talking about WWDC yet. The Can we Bill, take a break and get into Bill that? The Bill of Rickies. Wow. Bill of Rickies is wonderful. Mr. Looking at the Clock over there. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Cotton Bureau. They are the folks who make awesome graphic tees, hoodies, and more. Look, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Like 70% of the t-shirts in my closet come from Comp Bureau because I love podcasts and I love soft t-shirts and I love cool designs and they merch all of them. We run our Relay FM store on Comp Bureau. They're amazing to work with and you can see by everyone who uses them how great they are. Six colors, the incomparable, something called ATP. I don't know what that is. Max Stories, Certecary, MKBHD, and a bunch of Relay FM shows. They're great to work with, but it's a great place to buy t-shirts as well because they have all these great themes. It's not just tech nerd stuff. It's sports, movies, gaming, a lot of pop culture stuff, and they're really high quality and comfortable. Their sweatshirts are great. The jackets are great. T-shirts are great. Uh, I've got a liftoff hoodie from them with a big badge we sewed onto it. It's really cool. They have great customer service if you need any help. So anyways, go check out Cotton Bureau right now and use the code CONNECTED10 for 10% off. Now that code is only valid until July 3rd, so be sure to head over there at cottonbureau.com, the code CONNECTED10. Our thanks to Cotton Bureau for their support of this show and Relay FM. Uh, so what we're going to do today, uh, our plan is to do some high-level stuff across the board And over the next several weeks, we'll get deeper into this. And so we're going to start with shortcuts. Uh, Federico is not going to go too far into the weeds. 
right? We're gonna, mm. We'll pull you out if we need to. Uh, we're just going to kind of mm. touch base on the high-level points. So, Federico, you're up first with shortcuts. Okay, so obviously the big news that we already discussed is support for folders, which is part of a, of a bigger UI change in Shortcuts. Shortcuts now has a sidebar, as many other iPad apps. It has a sidebar where, among other things, there are uh, folders that you can create for your shortcuts. You can use drag and drop to organize your shortcuts in folders, and each folder can have a custom glyph uh, to, that you can choose from. And in addition to, folder, to folders, you also have these smart folders. And I love that Apple killed keeps calling these things smart, like even in reminders, you have smart lists, which remind you of uh, smart folders on the Mac, except that you cannot create your own. These are smart, but they're made by Apple, so they can only be so smart. You cannot be smarter than them. Um, there's two of them. <laughs> there's two of them. There's w one smart folder for uh, shortcuts enabled in the share sheet and uh, another one for shortcuts that you've enabled on the watch. Because shortcuts is also now on the watch, by the way, like Workflow used to be. Uh, the Shortcuts app is back on watchOS. Uh, you can mark certain shortcuts to be available on the watch. And even better, uh, you can install individual shortcuts as complications on your watch face, which is incredible. I'm going to be taking advantage of this feature a lot. So uh, this idea of showing you... Um, Having smart folders to show you like different categories of shortcuts is something that I've wanted for a long time. I believe if you go back in my iOS 12 review, there was like in the in the wish list section, like there was a, an entry that said, "Let me see like." offer some kind of filters to more quickly see what is enabled in the share sheet, what is enabled as a widget, what is enabled. Um, as other like types of shortcuts, and I believe that my other request was, I would love to see filters for shortcuts based on the apps that they use. So maybe that's something that could happen next, or maybe that's something that you could just make yourself with real smart folders. But anyway, um, there are quite uh, some really important changes in terms of the automation feature inside shortcuts. There are new triggers. You can now trigger automation when you receive a new email, when you get a message, when you close a specific app, so this is a, this goes hand in hand with the with last year's open app trigger. Now you have a close app trigger. Uh, there's a battery level trigger. The email and message one is very intriguing yeah. to me. Yeah. Because you could like set up an email account and all it's for is to set off a shortcut. Yeah, like sort of like rules that you have on the Mac, but that's a yeah. that's a mail feature. Here's here on iOS and iPadOS, you got to use shortcuts. But in theory, this should open up some really interesting possibilities like say uh, you get an email and you want to fire off a bunch of notifications or you want to open a specific app or you want to log something. Like maybe you want to have a spreadsheet that logs how many times Michael sends you an email. Now you can have that. Because you could say, whenever Michael emails me, uh, append a number to a numbers spreadsheet. And then at the end of the year, you could see how many emails Mike has sent you. Uh, so that's possible. Uh, you can run automations based on your battery level. So when you say your battery reaches 20%, you can do something. Similarly, there's a charger uh, trigger. So when you connect to a charger, or when you, I believe also when you disconnect to a charger, you can run an automation. Also interesting because uh, I guess the theory would be if you connect to a charger, it's because maybe you're at your desk. And so if you're at your desk, maybe you want to do something with it, like turn the lights a specific color or open specific apps. I don't know. But the idea being you connect to the charger, which means it's it's 
kind of sort of like a location trigger, if you will. Like the charger, you know, you can come up with some interesting ideas for that, I think. And the final trigger would be sleep, and this integrates with the wind down uh, feature of iOS 14. That uh, when when it's uh, when you're reaching your bedtime, you can run specific shortcuts, which I also think is an interesting idea. And I'm sort of considering what could be done with this. Uh, in addition to the triggers, there also Apple listened to the community, and they essentially enabled confirmation less execution of automations for all triggers except location. So the big one is the time of day trigger. Uh, it used to be that if you had an automation that ran a specific shortcut at a specific time of day, you would get a notification, but the, sh the automation wouldn't run unless you confirmed that manually. And that manual confirmation can now be disabled for all the following triggers. Time of day, alarm, sleep, workout, carplay. Airplane mode, NFC, do not disturb, low power mode, open app, close app, battery level, and charger. So the absent one is location. I don't know why I feel, I feel like maybe Apple is still concerned about, I don't know, maybe your phone gets stolen and you don't enable the device lock in time and now the phone is at a specific location and shortcuts start running. Maybe you don't want that, so maybe that's a concern, but still. I think it's amazing that you can finally have shortcuts that run on a schedule for real with the time of day trigger. You, a time of day occurs and a shortcuts runs. I uh, can't believe that this is in. I just can't believe they've that this exists. The, they've just it's done like, it. I wanted it, but I can't believe that they've done it. Yeah, right. Like it's. I could just set it up and things could just start happening all the time. It is a shame that they haven't put location in. I would. I hope that this maybe next time, right? They'll do that because again, it's like, did we really? I mean, we all wanted shortcuts to run in the background at a time of day, but did anybody really realistically think this was going to yeah, happen? Right? Like, I wanted it. I thought it'd be great, but I didn't think they'd do it. Yeah. And I'm so happy that they have because this is a fantastic use case of this technology. Yeah. And I would like a location one because, you know, like leaving the home, you can have things triggering or not. Like, I think that would be really sweet. Maybe at some point in the future. But like this list that they have actually got, like those long list of things, it's fantastic. Yeah. And we all thought they were going to do like an expert mode or some specific feature to enable these things. But no, you can just go in there and disable uh, the confirmation. So that's very nice. Mm -hmm. The widget is new. And of course, it takes advantage of the new widget stuff in the sense that you can have multiple widgets of multiple sizes for the same app for shortcuts. And specifically, in addition to choosing between, between the three families of widgets, uh, small, medium and large, you can also have... Uh, different widgets for different folders. So it's very nice, especially on the iPhone where you can place them on the home screen. You can have, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a small widget for a specific folder and a bigger widget for another folder in shortcuts. So that integration is quite nice. On the iPad, we mentioned the sidebar. We should also mention the multi-window support. Finally, you can open mm -hmm. multiple shortcuts in multiple windows. You can have uh, the grid in one window and the editor in another, or you can have two editor windows uh, on screen at the same time, which is incredible, and it's going to save me a lot of time. What's also going to save me a lot of time, and I cannot believe that Apple actually did this, is copy and paste actions. 
you can now copy and paste actions inside a shortcut or across shortcuts. And it's sort of modeled after what Editorial did many, many years ago, seven years ago, in 2013. Editorial, which was a, a text editor for iPhone and iPad with automation built in, it allowed you to copy and paste actions and it allowed you to do things like paste above and paste below. Uh, and this is there's the same same feature in shortcuts now. You can copy an action by long pressing it and selecting copy, and then in the editor you can say paste here or like paste above, paste below. And this saves you a lot of time if you have long shortcuts, uh, you know, complex shortcuts, and you have actions that need to repeat inside the shortcut. You can now copy and paste them easily instead of having to manually recreate them. And of course, the action that you paste contains all the parameters of the original action. It's very nice, and it's especially nice because you can copy and paste across different shortcuts. So you're not limited to the same shortcut. You can copy an action, close the editor, open a different shortcut, and paste there. And that's very, very nice. That's really cool. Do you do you see that evolving someday into like a library where you could have actions you've saved like in some sort of central repository and you could pull them out as needed? Yeah, I mean that's gotta happen at some point, right? Uh, you can already you can already save actions as favorites, and I think now that you have this, why not have support for uh, do things like um, having presets, right? You're gonna save an action as a preset and as data already filled in. I mean, you can sort of fake this now, I guess, uh, with like you could copy some actions and paste them in an empty shortcut, and you're gonna use that shortcut as like a repository for these actions, and you can like put a bunch of these template shortcuts, if you will, in a folder. And so every time you go, you could go to that folder and copy those actions. So you can sort of make your own presets, but obviously an, 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 a built-in feature would be nicer. Uh, what do we have here? Okay, so Compact UI is one of the big one of the big ideas of this year's iOS and iPadOS release. Uh, we have Compact UI in a bunch of places. Uh, there's a smaller Siri, and we have um, what what else is Compact? I'm just uh, too much information. Smaller Siri and. Uh, Phone calls, FaceTime calls. Phone calls, yes, thank you, FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Shortcuts also supports uh, Compact UI in the form of, uh, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, you no longer see, this is, uh, I, I call it the Jason Snell feature because he kept mentioning this and it was a very good point. Now, when you run a shortcut from the share sheet or like from, um, especially from the share sheet, I guess, but also from, things like the accessibility support you're no longer you no longer see the flow of actions like scroll top to bottom you don't see the shortcuts editor anymore you just get a little banner that pops down from the top of the screen that has a play that has a stop button with a progress indicator and that's all you see you no longer see all the actions go by one by one so uh, it's very nice because it, it just feels nicer and feels faster than before and also compact ui means that uh, a lot of elements like choosing from lists or entering text in a in a in an input action those are smaller and more compact and they tend to come down from the top of the screen instead of coming up in the middle of the screen sort of disrupting what you're doing yeah and similarly if you activate a widget now and it's it seems like at the moment that shortcuts will be the only widget that's allowed to be used like buttons uh, you get that kind of notification like UI on the home screen. It just pops out from the top like a notification and you can interact with anything you need to interact with. 
the gallery has some updates. There's a new uh, automation uh, automation suggestions. So we're going to have to see how this works. I believe it, it was part of the iOS 13 announcements and then it kind of never went live and maybe Apple is trying again with this. But basically the idea would be that in the gallery, in addition to finding shortcuts made by Apple, you're also going to see automations suggested to you that you can set up with one tap based on your habits and your apps. We're going to have to see how this works in practice. Uh, this is another big one, uh, Apple Watch integration. Uh, in addition to the Apple Watch app and to the complications, there are new Apple Watch actions inside shortcuts to do things like pinging your phone or setting always on, setting silent mode, and the three big ones, I think, you can set theater mode on the watch, you can change your watch face, and you can set the water lock on the watch. These are things that I do all the time, and the fact that I can now have automations or uh, you know shortcuts like widgets that do these things on my behalf, like I already set up an automation that uh, changes my watch face enables theater mode and set silent uh, set silent mode at night at 2 a.m. and it can just run and it can just change my watch face without without requesting any kind of confirmation. That's so nice. Especially with the new stuff with watchOS of like being able to effectively create watch faces with applications because applications can have multiple complications now. Mm -hmm. there, there's like, I could imagine, you know, I open apple music and then on my watch like that then that sets off a thing on its own on my iphone and then it updates to my apple music watch face on my watch right like the wild things can start happening mm. now yeah. with some of this stuff and i am very excited to see what federico does with this <laughs> over the next six months like genuinely because thinking about it. there are there are a lot of like actual things that can be done now yeah. that we were dreaming of last year i mean where, you know, it's like oh automations i can do all this stuff oh but i hit this yeah. problem or yeah. like you know and but now because these things are actually working in the background this is a where it's just very different like what could what could start to happen here i mean and i'm just thinking out loud here but it's very feasible now and quite easy actually to do automations like uh, an automation where you check what day it is, you can just use dates actions in a shortcut. And if it's a specific day, you could have like a list in a shortcut that says Monday, running workout, Tuesday, uh, elliptical machine, and Wednesday, weightlifting, that kind of stuff. You could check what day it is. And then what you can do is you can change your watch face, uh, play some music, and maybe uh, enable silent mode connect to your AirPods and uh, start a workout because uh, there's a new start workout action in shortcuts in iOS 14 even. And you can, uh, you can choose a specific type of workout and you can set the goal, like an open goal or 20 minutes or calories. And you can do all of this in like two seconds in a single automation. And once you set it up, it's going to run every day of the week automatically. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, you start a bunch of things with one tap or just on its own based on the time of day or based on your another criteria like maybe you want to tap a widget or you want to run you want to tap on a complication and all these things happen i, I think it's incredible so yeah um there's one there's one more trigger that i would love uh which would be a calendar event mm, yes i agree i agree especially right. because historically speaking there is uh, the support for running uh, and Steven, 
you're going to be surprised that I know this, but you can run automated workflows on the Mac from a calendar event, or at least you used to, or, or maybe Apple scripts, but something. But I would love that as yeah. like calendar event starts, then time yeah. tracker starts. Agreed. You know? Some that would be nice. final things that I'm going to go through this quickly. Uh, there's a new back tap feature in back tap uh, in, <laughs> in iOS 14, hey. which is sort of incredible. It lets you, uh, you can uh, do double taps or triple taps in the back of your phone and run something, anything like system actions or uh, individual shortcuts. It's sort of like the same deal as uh, custom mouse buttons last year. Basically, this, the same type of stuff, like you can open the home screen or you can open the app switcher or you can open search or you can assign a shortcut. So now you can like you can double tap the back of your phone and you can run a shortcut. And of course, it runs in compact UI. So it, it starts running automatically, like immediately with the, with the banner that comes down from the, bottom, from the top of the screen. So very nice. Um, reminders actions, also one of my complaints from last year were finally updated to take advantage of the new reminder stuff from iOS 13. So now you can create a reminder that has a rich link or that has an image attachment. Kind of weird that reminders still does not support file attachments, but only yeah, image attachments. I don't, get I don't get it. And also, uh, with the get details uh, from a reminder action, you can now see if a reminder has subtasks. You can get the parent reminder and you can get the rich links, um, but you cannot get the attachment. So but I, I guess they just forgot, and I will file a radar, as they say, for that. And finally, uh, some other actions. I mentioned uh, starting a workout. There are new Apple News actions. You can show the Today feed, or you can show a specific topic. The topic is a parameter, of course. There's a new calcul Calculate Expression action, so you can write down an expression, like uh, 2 plus 2, uh, inside of a parameter field, and that will be calculated on your by shortcuts. This is very important, and I know that Mike cares a lot about this one. Stocks Actions. Oh yeah. Yeah, get your money Woo. from with this stocks <laughs> action. You say get your money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can get a stock, you can get the details of a stock or you can check the symbol price right from shortcuts. I'm sure that Wall Street boys will appreciate this and there are some updates to weather actions because of the new dark sky like features that they have in weather. I haven't been able to use this because uh, I believe that the rain prediction stuff is not available in Italy in weather. So, But they're, they're mentioned in a slide. I haven't tested them myself, but they're in there. So quite the upgrade to shortcuts, which got no mention whatsoever during the keynote or the State of the Union. Uh, so We were talking, we were like, wait, are they just not doing anything with it? And I guess it just got pushed for other things, but... This seems really cool. I'm excited to start playing with this. I wanted to mention, we'll obviously, I will obviously have so much more to say about TVOS later obviously, on in the obviously, year. Obviously, obviously. But the one thing I just have to mention, I know let it go by, that um, the Apple TV 4K will be able to play 4K YouTube videos. Finally. What? And it's also, I believe, there's going to be 4K in um, in iOS and iPadOS too. Um, but I, I can see that for sure. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I care more about this on my TV than I do on my iPad um, because 
it makes more difference, much more of a difference to have 4K on my TV. But I don't know who yet, like who is responsible for this, mm-hmm. whether Apple have adopted something that Google's doing or Google and is using different codecs that Apple can support. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm just very, very happy that this is going to be in tvOS 14. Finally. Because um, it has been a consistent thing that I have been frustrated about. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm really, really excited about the fact that they're going to be adding this. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Miro. Miro is the online whiteboard that brings teams together. Their infinite canvas is perfect for things like brainstorming, making mock-ups, organizing files, and managing complex projects. They even have these really cool templates to help get you started quickly. And you can host meetings in the same frame as your collaborative whiteboard, which is super handy because it means you can discuss items as you go. You know, a lot of this has been lost in the era of work from home, and Miro is a great digital solution for this. Here at Relay, we use things like Trello and Google Docs, but none of them are as free form or as flexible as Miro. And having that flexibility really is fantastic when you just want to get a lot of ideas out quickly. They have over 5 million users, and 80% of the Fortune 100 companies use Miro. And Miro can integrate with programs you're already using, like Google Drive, Dropbox, Slack, and more. Start collaborating for free when you sign up at Miro.com connected. That's M-I-R-O dot com slash connected. Sign up for a free account with unlimited team members. Our thanks to Miro for their support of Connected and all of Relay FM. All right, Federico, uh, a year for iPad OS, maybe not quite as big as the year before, but what is jumping out at you here? There's a lot of pencil stuff that I think it's really I think it's really remarkable and impressive and exciting for for users who, who use the Apple Pencil a lot. I'm especially impressed uh, by the, the by Scribble and sort of the integration that you have now. All across the system, you can use the Pencil to handwrite into any text field where you would normally type, and that handwriting becomes uh, typed text almost instantly. And I think it's really remarkable, this integration that you now have all across the system, that all apps essentially get it for free but just using a standard text field and of course there are some specific APIs that developers can take advantage of to better integrate with this but I feel like it it makes Mm -hmm. for a very impressive demo and I think I'm not one of those users obviously that like I've never found myself in a situation where I'm holding the pencil and I'm like oh I wish that I could type into the Safari address bar with my pencil but I think there's also so many different use cases that go well beyond what Apple demoed, like uh, handwriting into forms um, and and have that text become typed text, um, but you're still going to be able to use the pencil because it makes more sense, or maybe because of ergonomic uh, reasons. Like, I think it's it's very impressive. And I mean, Mike, what do you think about this? You use the pencil so much more. Scribble and the handwriting and shape recognition that's in pencil kit, right? Like these are like two similar things where like one is uh, your handwriting becomes text and then the other is the handwriting that you do where you are wanting for it to look like handwriting can be copied and the animation for that is so beautiful as you copy it like you would text and it highlights it. You can copy that and paste it as text and you also have the shape stuff where you draw shapes and hold and it springs into shape. These two things are without a shadow of a doubt my favorite features in all of iOS and iPadOS so far that I've used. I absolutely love it. All of yesterday, I was using the scribble, like the handwriting stuff for everything. And it is 
absolutely superb. Of course, it doesn't work in Google Docs. Of it's the course. only app that I use that it didn't work in. Um, it was trying, but it's so custom that it was not going to work. It probably is not going to work. Um, I am really considering moving away from Google Docs, um, but that's like a whole other thing for another time. But I absolutely love this feature. It's It works incredibly well, so much better than it should. Like, I don't have the best handwriting and I was not going easy on it. Like I was writing how I would write. I wasn't trying to like write in all block capital letters, right, to make it easy. And it did a great job when it when and it does that thing like with dictation where it tries to guess the word that it thought that you wrote, but if it's not a hundred percent sure, it will put the blue dots underneath, which you can tap and select the word, you know, from a selection of options. But what I also really love is as you're you're writing stuff out, and the, I like that like the text appears for a while, then it fades away, which is like a really nice animation. If you want to remove a word, you can scribble over that word, like you would scribble out a word if it was wrong, and it would delete it. And you can also just with the pencil circle a line of text to select it. It's so well thought out, so well done. I absolutely love it. Um, at the moment, uh, it only supports English and simplified and traditional Chinese and Cantonese. And the recognition is all on device, um, like a lot of the Siri stuff is now, which, whilst great for privacy, that's awesome, I'm happy. The main reason that I'm happy that all of the Siri stuff is starting to move on devices is because it will be faster. Yeah. Um, and that is, like, one of the key things for me. Um, you know, like, I've had my problems with Apple and what they're doing with, like, Siri and uh, you know like with all of that's call monitoring stuff like the, the, the not call monitoring like when they were checking if things were right or wrong so I'm happy that they're moving a lot of stuff to on device um and and I am very 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 excited about this feature um it it's really in a time where I've used my Apple Pencil less because of the trackpad support I am now thinking that I will be able to use it more again for a new feature. And I'm really happy to see that they, that Apple are continuing to expand what the pencil can do rather than it. Oh, this is nice to draw with. So I think it's really cool. And they're doing a lot of neat stuff with those text fields. So if it's kind of small, like in messages or near the edge of a screen, it can grow to give you more room to write. Uh, This is particularly nice because I have the beta on my iPad mini and it's like, pretty easy just like put the pencil down start writing a message and if it gets it wrong which it, it does sometimes i mean it's not perfect you can tap on the word to correct it just as if you had typed it so they've they've brought over some of that correction stuff from the standard keyboard input so we also have widgets uh, we mentioned this uh widgets are unfortunately you can only place in the left column on the ipad on the iphone you will be able in ios 14 to use this new dynamic and glanceable widgets and you will be able to place them on the home screen and intermix icons and widgets on the same page this is not possible for on the ipad and of course these widgets both on the iphone and the ipad will not support interaction uh, you may be used to certain widgets like the peacock widget or the timery widget you know clipboard managers that have widgets with multiple buttons and multiple tappable elements and navigation even inside them and this will not be possible with this new widget framework called widget kit that essentially only allows you to launch 
apps with deep links into specific mm -hmm. sections. And of course, three sizes of widgets. So the small one only has one touch target and the other ones can have multiples, but you will not be able to uh, do things inside the widget. Like for example, in Timery right now, you can tap on a timer and the timer starts in line within the widget and you see the time go like there's a new count that that appears in the widget like that's not going to be possible with the with widget kit unfortunately uh but and it's very surprising to me that we cannot place these widgets on the home screen on the iPad i don't fully understand why and i mm -hmm. my personal my personal theory is that they just ran out of time because the iPhone and iPad home screens are different, are technically different. The iPad has the dock and the left column. And of course, the springboard um, architecture is different on each device. So I, my personal theory is that due to the, maybe the pandemic or some other issues, they just couldn't uh, get it ready for the iPad in time. And which is totally fine. I get it. Uh, but that's my theory. It's not an official explanation. So we're just left wondering why. And I want to believe that um, it will come to iPad eventually. And I also, again, this is my own personal theory. The They're using SwiftUI and this timeline-based approach with snapshots to power WidgetKit this year, which is ideal for glanceable widgets, right? Uh, it's ideal for, for essentially having these images, these dynamic images that show you stuff as a widget. And my theory is that they're going to do glanceable widgets, widgets this year. The old-style widgets that support interactions and more complex operations are deprecated right now. And my theory is that they, uh, until Apple comes out with a new, with an addition, I guess, to WidgetKit that allows you to create interactive widgets, then they're going to remove the old style widgets. So they're going to keep them around as legacy support. And I think we're getting glanceable widgets this year, and maybe we're getting interactive widgets next year. I think that would make sense. Let me ask you, I actually don't know the answer to this, I just thought of it. Can you have multiple widgets of the same type? So can I have like two oh, yeah. shortcuts oh, yeah. widgets that are the same size? Because like, I feel like for the most, the, the widget I use the most is the timery widget. And yeah. I have a bunch of save timers there. But I can very easily replicate that widget in shortcuts. Yeah. Instead. And you know why this is possible? Because they're using under the hood, they're using intense, the same tech that powers uh, shortcuts and actions. They're using intents, they're using parameters. And so when you create a reminders widget that shows you a specific list, that list is effectively a parameter. So you yeah. can create multiple ones. You can just fill in a different parameter and you can create as many as you want. And that's the... Because I would expect that the timery, like Joe, the timery developer, will probably like create a widget which will show if you have a current timer running or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But I figure I could put that and a shortcuts widget in a stack together the, and just the flick thing between about, the other one and then turn on the timer that I want, flick it back and see the timer running. I'm just it, not sure still, that, I'm just not sure that, and if you think about it, this is also why Apple didn't create an Apple Music widget that has real-time playback. I'm not sure that SwiftUI and Snapshots are ideal for real-time refresh of, mm -hmm. of, of content. Uh, they... 
yet. They have this timeline, but the time, like if you watch the sessions, the timeline refreshes at like specific dates or and times. Or if you go into the host app and change something, like if you change a calendar event, then the calendar widget is gonna update, of course. But for real time stuff, like a timer going on. I don't know if that's technically possible right now. I thought because I actually did watch the the session. I and I thought that the app could like wake up the widget by like a silent notification or something. Yeah, it can. But can you send a silent notification every second if you have a timer? Because that's that's what it is. I wonder if shortcuts activating the application could just send it back again. And just be like, there's a timer, it just counts up. Because the timer widget sometimes is showing a timer that isn't actually running because I've stopped it on mm. another device. Right. Right. So I don't know. It's not perfect. I mean, it just can't be. But I think that basically, my, what I'm saying here is I am choosing to stay positive about this new widget stuff. We are going to lose some widgets along the way. But I think I'll be able to replace a lot of what I realistically do and also hope that I will get more in the aggregate like there will be more widgets with more applications that i care about with more interesting information um like really this is like the way i was looking at this is like apple watch like the glanceable idea of the apple watch is coming to the iphone right that's kind of where that is even using the same words and then it's moving on to ipad and mac and that's what swift ui is all about right like you have designs that and, and like ui that goes across platform then that's why the widgets on the Mac, they not only look like the ones on iOS, they are the same. So I'm, I'm imagining this is just where the future is going. It's like UI that looks more consistent across your devices. And I figure we're in early days of this, but they've decided, and I think this is a good thing for Apple, by the way, to start giving people reasons to use this new technology. And I'm happy to see it because if they believe in it, they need to start showing people like we want you to use Swift UI. So we've created this new feature and it can only be made in Swift UI. It's like, okay, so it gets people in that kind of flow. So I'm just kind of holding out hope and thinking that like I'm going to get more from this in the long run. There'll be more applications that I use. We'll have interesting widgets with data that I want to have. And then if there's an application where I really wanted to interact with something, by and large, I'll probably be able to recreate it with shortcuts in most instances, I think. Yeah, I think that... So I'm remaining positive on this one. Yeah, and also they look very pretty, the ones from Apple, at least. So design for iPad, like we, we, we mentioned this in passing, there's a... Basically, the iPad is going to get a lot more Mac-like and desktop-like with sidebars and toolbars uh, that have uh, pull-down menus, pull-down menus, which are basically context menus. Uh, they use the same tech. They have the same animations. Uh, you have these new sidebars that support um, collapsible and expandable sections, and you have support for uh, three-column layouts everywhere. Even the smaller iPads have it. Um, I think it's very... I think it makes a lot of sense to to see you know to move away from those iPhone inspired designs with uh, tab bars at the bottom of the screen instead you know saving space and showing you more content on screen and having a sidebar that makes it easier to jump between different sections of the same app I think it makes a lot of sense for the iPad to go in this direction and to go in a way that you can still use touch and you can still use the pointer which of course Apple is sort of a, uh, pushing to adopt of course when you look at these more complex interfaces they are ideal for a pointer obviously but they also 
are fully compatible with touch. And Apple, in the, in, mm -hmm. especially in the sessions, are always saying the iPad is first and foremost a touch device. It's the, it's the primary input method. But then you can use the pencil, you can use the pointer, you can use all of these additional input methods. And so I'm very happy to, to see this and I'm very excited to see what developers do with this because Apple has provided a template and you can see music, you can see home and uh, photos, which are really good, example of, good examples of how you can turn a bigger version of an iPhone app into something that's in between the Mac and the, I and the iPad as we know it today. So I want to see what developers do. Well, a lot of this also points to the future where iPad apps will be able to run on our Macs, which we're going to get mm -hmm. to in a minute. So like, all this stuff is coming together from a bunch of different directions. And uh, lastly, I would say that uh, on in this week's episode of Adapt uh, here on Relay, we've been doing a series of, on Adapt about using the iPad as your primary computer, sort of trying to talk about all the different ways that, uh, you know, recommendations for using the iPad as your primary machine. But we have paused the series this week, obviously, to talk about iPadOS 14 and WWDC. So we went in deep on, on all the things, sidebars, toolbars, um, this idea of flattening the navigation in, in iPad apps and sort of uh, what, what sort of the big picture of iPadOS app design and what it means for the future. So that's about, I believe, 50 minutes or something of just iPadOS 14 uh, coming tomorrow on Adapt. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Mac, about Big Sur, Mac mm -hmm. OS 11. So it's, not, so it's not Big Sure, right? It's Big Sur. Big Sur. Big Sur. Not, not a Big Sure. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. It's a big sir. I'm big a bit sure me. it's not big sure, it's big sir. The biggest thing here is the UI overhaul. Yes. Um, and I want to know, Stephen, what your take on it is. I will say for the record, I think it looks awesome. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying that there are some contrast issues in certain areas, which I can understand, right? Like we've seen this type of thing before. But overall, I think the look of uh, Big Sur is, is fantastic. It looks like a modern operating system. That's a, a sick burn to older versions of Mac OS, but... Look, uh, but let's, I just want to be real, right? Like, Mac OS has looked a certain way for a while, and yeah, the way Mavericks. that it has adapted has been incremental. Like, I would even say, like, the Mavericks thing, like, it wasn't massive. I feel like this is a much, much bigger departure than Mavericks oh, it is. was. It is. And it makes it, I think it does look more, much more modern for that reason. Yeah, so this is not Apple just pasting the iPad UI onto the Mac. It still feels like the Mac. It still works like the Mac. I agree with you. On the whole, I like it. There are a lot of details I like for them to clean up. Like you said, there's a real issue with transparency and contrast in a lot of areas, like the menu bar and menus. They, they really need to fix that. Uh, I think also a lot of the icons they're using are just ugly. Like if you go into system preferences and, and poke around, a lot of the design is just kind of over the top. Like all the new dock icons, I like hardly any of them. Um, we'll get used to them. Really? I think they're beautiful. I think they're amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I, you know, maybe iOS will follow its direction, but I think right now they look sort of sort of unusual. Uh, basic things like the rounded rect around the windows, right? Those radiuses are all different. It feels much more like... Uh, the iPad, which again, we're going to get to in a second. Control Center is here. So they've kind of, right now, like I'm looking at my upper right-hand corner, I have Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, you know, sound, time. A lot of that stuff is getting merged into Control Center, which is cool, but 
you know, it just takes some getting used to. Uh, accent colors go a lot further. So right now, I think starting in Mojave, you could change your accent color. So in the past, it was just blue and graphite. And now you could do like orange or pink or yellow or green or whatever. You can still do all that, but the new default is one called multicolor, and it will allow developers to set an accent color. So calendars, new buttons, which are all built out of SF symbols, will be red, and mails will be blue, and notes will be yellow. And I think that's really cool. I think it's neat to have apps kind of have their own personality when it turns, uh, and it comes to colors. And what's interesting about this is all of this is an app kit. So I don't think AppKit's going to go away anytime. Like they have brought AppKit into this modern design in a big way. Like we said, the only two new Catalyst apps, which are UI kit with some tune-ups, uh, are messages and maps, you know, mail, Safari, Finder, all still AppKit. So they've, they've done a lot of work there to make, to bring that along as well. I think the design is pointed touring a future that I think has a couple of interesting points. One, and I've I wrote an article and posted it right before the show on 512 about the future of apps on the Mac. Apple silicon-based Macs will be able to run most iPhone and iPad apps out of the box. Now, if you want to bring those to Intel Macs, you still have to go through Mac Catalyst. But those apps would have really been a, like a sore thumb in the old UI. And so those apps will feel more at home with this new design because it feel you know it looks more like like iOS. So I think that's that's one thing. Uh, two, basically all the padding around all of the elements has gotten bigger. The menu bar is more spaced out. Items in a menu are more spaced out. You're going to have iPhone and iPad apps. I think that we are hurtling towards a future where touch is at least an option on some Mac models. I think it would still be primarily cursor and keyboard but if you want to reach up and deal with a menu or swipe around in an app i think that's coming i think this design points the way to that in my mind in a very aggressive way not everything is perfect for touch like the stoplight buttons and there's still some things that are pretty small but again if you just want to reach up and do something short i think that big sur is is pointed that direction there's also some talk on twitter i put a a tweet in the show notes about a lot of these elements have like 3D elements to them. So like the Siri ball and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of that stuff could be pointed for like an AR VR future. So I think that's an interesting uh, thing to think about too. But clearly Apple is readying the Mac for something bigger. And I think that design points towards touch being that thing, which is cool. So do you think that the ARM Macs will get touch immediately? Do you think this is going to be like a thing when they talk about yeah. like the new Mac? Like you think that the, the laptop that comes out, which probably a laptop, comes out at the end of this year will have a touchscreen? I think either by default or as a, a really? option. You know, like a lot of PC OEMs do that where you can upgrade to get the touchscreen. I could see them doing that. And my real harebrained idea is that that's why we haven't seen a new display from Apple. Uh, on the desktop other than the pro display that maybe there's a 5k display and maybe it's touch mm-hmm. so that's what well, do you think the iMac would be touch maybe i mean microsoft does it with a surface studio so i don't see why apple couldn't do a bigger touch screen again i don't think it's the primary input method i think it is a you have it when you need it type deal so i think it's coming you know we can debate those details as time goes along but i i feel pretty confident in saying that i i believe that touch is heading for the mac in a big way 
the UI definitely, as you say, it lends itself to that thinking. Like it, not just that it looks like oh, like it's modern, so it must be touch. It's like no, like the sliders have like thing places for your fingers. Uh, the if you say like the widgets, they're the same. Um, so mm-hmm. there is definitely some clues here. Uh, that we could be moving towards a touch-based operating system. Or not based in addition, right? Like touch in addition could be the thing. Yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's additive. And Mm -hmm. I think that's how most Mac users would consider it. Like I I don't, I'm not going to be editing in Logic with my fingers, but I could reach up and swipe through Twitter maybe if I wanted to. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's mostly secondary. And I hope that is the case. I think Apple's kind of previous argument for, ah, you don't want to reach out and touch the screen. Like, that doesn't, there is no argument anymore. We've said this many times. Um, yeah. The second know. they put a keyboard case on the iPad, that argument was over. Now that I look at it, it does kind of feel like a UI optimized for touch, or at least it feels like a UI where you consider the possibility of touch coming eventually. Like, because I would imagine that if I were Apple and, and, and if, you know, somebody said, okay, we need to redesign macOS, but we're not sure if we're going to add touch yet. But if I were in charge, I would say, well, if we're going to have a new design, let's make sure that if, if we want to do it, that we can, that we're setting ourselves up for that possibility. And it does kind of look like that, honestly. Because I, I honestly haven't taken a good look at screenshots, all the icons in the dock. And I mean, you do have those smaller smaller elements like checkboxes and those small like X close buttons that would potentially not be ideal for touch input. But also the rest of it, it does kind of look like it's built at least for that possibility, right? Everything is mm-hmm. more spaced out, more rounded, more... It just feels more inviting to the touch in a way that the old macOS UI was not. And personally, I agree with Mike. I think it's beautiful. Uh, the icons and the general look of it, it's modern, it's fresh. It's, it, it feels like a Mac, even though it, you know, like I'm looking at my Mac right now and it feels instantly old in a way that iOS 6 look, looked old yep. as soon as you got your hands on iOS 7, despite all the issues, you know. But it does have that feeling. So... I don't have strong feelings personally, but I do like it. Yeah. A lot. Uh, a couple other things beyond the user interface. And again, we'll get into more of this over the summer, I'm sure. But some things I've just hasn't noticed so far. One, when you set up a system, it gives you a tour of accessibility features. So there's this new panel and it says, hey, do you need, uh, you want to check out accessibility features for voice or for cursor or keyboard input? And you can explore them in the setup and turn them on and off from there, which I think is really cool. Because if you need those features, you've only had voiceover up until this point, and that only meets the needs of some people. So I think that's a really cool thing. Like I said earlier, messages and maps are Catalyst. And obviously, this is the OS that is the transition OS to our Macs, just like Tiger was for Intel. And... Apple has this like multi-prong approach to bring apps over. You can rely on Rosetta 2. So an, an app an app for Intel will run on an ARM Mac. There are a couple of uh, bullet points there, a couple of exceptions. But in the whole, those apps will, will just run. 
and there's universal apps that I think we'll have for a lot longer. That's a single app that includes code for both ARM and Intel. Universal apps will be the, the way things go, I think, until Intel Macs are, are phased out completely, if not even longer than that. But then again, our Macs can run iOS apps, as we've spoken about. Uh, in fact, unless a developer unchecks the box, their iOS app will be in the Mac App Store by default, which is a really bold move. You know, there's going to be huge app libraries available to our Mac users. But if you have an Intel Mac, those developers still have to go through Mac Catalyst to make that work. And so it's kind of a two-prong approach here. You can run an unmodified iPhone app on an ARM Mac, if that developer uses Catalyst, A, it can look better than just the the default sort of standard iOS app running in a window. And Catalyst gets you back to Intel Mac. So no doubt there will be a lot of applications that only run on ARM Macs. And I think that'll be a huge selling point when Apple finally announces the first one. Be like, oh, look, these, these machines have access to our great app library for the iPhone and iPad. Now, a lot of people think that's the death of good Mac apps. And I think that the the reality is, is that the market will decide that, that if the market decides there's still room for good app kit or even Mac Catalyst apps that are more powerful and more flexible, then those apps will stay. But, you know, I don't, I think, I think calling it at this point is way too early. We have to see how the market responds. And then of course, Swift UI is above all of that, right? If, in fact, I have this theory that if Swift UI had been available like five or six years ago, they could get they could have gotten away without a lot of this stuff because Swift UI is native everywhere, but uh, it wasn't ready, and so they have to step through all of this. So Swift UI apps will continue to run everywhere, but if you have an Intel Mac app, you got to go through at least some of these steps. But developers will do it. The Mac is bigger than it's ever been, and I think that developers know that they got to be on board. So I think for most people, most just consumers, end users, it'll be a pretty transparent change. I'm going to be really intrigued to see how the app thing ends up shaking out, like what becomes available, what people end up using, what they end up doing. Um, You know, like a developer that makes a good iPad app, will they bother to move to Catalyst? Like, is that going to be a thing where they just leave it? Just like, oh, this will work. Um, What will people end up calling for? Will there become new norms? Like, it's all very up in the air because now we have... Catalyst is a way to bring iPad apps to the Mac. Swift UI is a way to design for all platforms at some point in the future. And also iOS and iPad apps can run unmodified on Macs. Like that's a confusing spectrum and also a lot of options. Uh I'm intrigued to see what the what what actually ends up happening in most instances. I think it's gonna be kind of fascinating. It does feel like, like it does remind me of like the spider the Spider-Man meme of like multiple Spider-Man pointing at each yeah. other. It's like Swift UI and Catalyst and iPhone I and iPad apps on the Mac and Rosetta too. It's like everybody, what what are we gonna do now here? What's it gonna be? Like we're all trying to do the same thing, but we're all kind of different also. Like it's it's a, it is a, a confusing spectrum of options when you think about it. Mm-hmm. But also kind of like good to have them all. Yeah, because then we can mm. see what works. But it's a case of like, how long is it going to take to shake all of that out? We'll, we'll have to find out. Yeah, a lot of that depends on how fast the transition itself takes. Apple said two years. So mm-hmm. add two years to that or three years to that because they're going to support Intel Max for a while afterwards. 
one one last thing uh, before we go. They also announced Universal apps are, or Universal purchases are now supporting the Mac. So if you build a new app, you can have the Mac version be covered under the, the bundle ID. So if someone pays for it on the iPhone, they can get it on the Mac for free. But what's cool is that they're backporting that to existing Catalyst apps and existing AppKit apps. So if someone sells a Catalyst app, you know, previously you had to pay for it separately. And of course, that's always been true for AppKit, but they're bringing that to uh, to everything. It's up to the developer, their discretion, you know, what their business model requires, but it's an option. And I think that's going to be, that's obviously in service of iOS apps running on the Mac directly in the future, but it's good now too, because it, it may make people more willing to like install apps on their Mac and, and, you know, be more willing to try those things out. And for a lot of developers, that's what they want. They don't want to deal with the support of like, I already paid for this. We'll have to pay for it again. So giving more flexibility to developers and pricing is always a good thing. Remember when people thought the WWDC was going to be all about, Hey, and antitrust complaints. Hey, remember that? Mm -hmm. See how things go away. Got taken care of just in time. Yeah. Yeah, no surprise. So I think that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot more to talk about. It's going to be a busy summer. But until then, you can find the links to what we spoke about so far at relay.fm slash connected slash 300. While you're there, you can become a member and get access to Connected Pro, which is an ad-free version of the show uh, with extra content at the beginning and end as we... Uh, spin up and then spin down <laughs> for our recording. You can also send us an email with feedback or follow-up, or you can find us over on Twitter. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. I just listened to the new episode of Thoroughly Considered that you do with the Studio Neat guys, and it's fantastic. So that's my recommendation this week. Thank you. Oh. In a week of WDC news, if you want to talk hear about how pins are built, that's your show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find him on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And as always, y'all are doing the great roundup post of, of all Thank these you. announcements, which I find very useful to like, what's new in watchOS? I can just read it all in one place. I find <laughs> I find them useful too, honestly. Yeah, that's <laughs> I've good. archived them in DevonThink. So Me too. Yeah, I did oh, it nice. in web archives. Or DevonThink bodies now. Yeah, it's true. I didn't do that, but I wanted to get involved anyway. Yeah, out of the group. Get out of here. You're not part of the group. Ah, yeah. no. Using your Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. I'm all in on the Jimbo life. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH and my writing over at 512pixels.net. I think our sponsors this week, Hover, ExpressVPN, Cotton Bureau, and Miro. And until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. I won. Goodbye. Bye, y'all.